By the time you hear this podcast, you'll want to celebrate your own Rex Manning Day. Nice selection. What? Help you with anything? No, I'm all right. Thanks. You like music? Yeah. Mm, me too. The fat man walks alone. What? Stop. What are you, some kind of weirdo? It's a big coat you're wearing. Lots of pocket room. Yeah. See ya. I'm sure I'll bump into you. By the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 97. And uh, thank you for everyone who's listened to us so far. We definitely appreciate it. For, um, oh, I forgot to do the uh, the little split screen here. Because <laughs> we're, on, we're on special assignment right now. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm in Rwanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, and I'm in um, uh, Kuwait. So, um, be safe out there, Greg. <laughs> be safe. Black man. Hawk Down, or whatever <laughs> that was. Uh, so, thank you to everyone who's listened to us so far, uh, who's downloaded the show so far, listened or watched on Facebook Live. We definitely appreciate it. If you want to tell people about it, we're at facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. We also have a website, by the time you hear this.com. And that is spelled with the word you, the URL for the website. And for the Facebook, if you want to get with us on Instagram, where by the time you hear this, spell with the letter U on Instagram, because we're urban. Yes, we're urban. We're back to being urban. Um, that means we're black. <laughs> and um, yeah, so uh, that is also the spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. If you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for absolutely free. And if you want to listen to us on the go to avoid that annoying coworker or just to avoid eye contact with that busker on the train, you can listen to us on a variety <laughs> of platforms. If you have an iPhone, we're on iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcast. If you have an Android, we're on the Google Music app. That's where you find the podcast. We're also on uh, TuneIn, CastBox, Overcast, Auto Radio, Satchel Podcast Player, Play FM and any other podcast aggregate apps that you can find. And if you want to look for show notes, uh, look for podcasts based on show notes. You can go to listennotes.com and search for us there. Um, 
I just realized that I did not post the last episode where we got a one hit wonders of 2000. So you'll be getting two episodes uh, within the next 24 hours. (laughs) Double stuff. So you'll have two episodes to listen to. Uh, But uh, if you do search uh, topics such as Santana Supernatural, the parental advisory sticker, um, Straight Outta Compton, I I still think Eric is spamming somehow (laughs) because straight, I still get like notifications about someone liked or commented on the Straight Outta Compton uh, podcast, that episode. So if you look for topics like that, you should be able to find us listed. All right. So let's get into the episode here. We do have a guest um, he was here previously when we talked about the, uh, seminal film, that thing you do. <laughs> <laughs> and he's back to, uh, to chat with us again. So we welcome Matt Bannister. Matt, what's going on, man? Oh, not too much. Thanks for having me back on again. Apparently I'm only able to do podcasts that feature movies with Liv Tyler and Ethan Embry in them. Oh, so, God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're out of movies, though. We might, we might be. Oh yeah. wait, she's not in Can't Hardly Wait. I, that was a joke. I know she's uh, not. But is uh, she in uh, what was that other uh, movie? Dutch. I have no clue. <laughs> wow, I I just was made Ethan that Embry in Armageddon. <laughs> Working mission control. Uh, he, was, uh, he was hanging out at craft services. He wasn't actually in the. <laughs> what were the odds? Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's I, crazy. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Oh, that's that's incredible. Um, so uh, we do ask our guests, um, what are you listening to? What music are you listening to? Oh, let's see. Uh, actually, recently, I've been uh, listening to the first Mumford & Sons album only because it's fall. <laughs> and I really don't really care for any of their other music aside from that first album and uh i think when it came out uh it was it was fall like however many years ago eight years ago or something like that and i just always associate the fall with that album Hmm. uh so i dug it back out because the weather's right and uh other than that man I, i don't think i've sat down with any one particular thing aside from a couple playlists here and there but yeah that album's been about the past week, maybe, off and on. All right. Um, That's wild. Yeah, nine years ago, October 2nd. <laughs> wow. There you go. So when it came out, <clears throat> I yeah. never, I didn't know they were from the UK. Oh, I thought they were Irish. I could have sworn they were from, I, like, Tennessee or something, well, but I don't listen to them, so. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, so were you, are you a fan of Mumford & Sons? Or yeah, is it just, really just that first album after that? Like I, I tried the second album, I gave it a shot and that was too similar to the first one. And then <laughs> once they added like, you know, and like drums and stuff, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with it. So. Isn't that the one they won album of the year for the second one? Uh, maybe Babel. Babel. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know which one they won awards for. I mean that, that one had, Maybe two hits on it. So it was nominated, but it didn't. Oh, no, it did win album of the year. Holy crap. Mumford & Sons has an album. album. Yeah. Ah, come on. I will wait. Okay, that's that. Okay, I will wait. I I recognize Little Lion Man in the Cave, but yeah. Okay, interesting. All right. um, 
Well, let's get into some music news. Not a lot happened that's worth discussing too much. Um, uh, I did read that Drake is now the most streamed artist of all time. Good for him. Good for him. Um, our president signed the Music Modernization Act, yeah. if that matters. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't quite understand it because it said now streaming companies will have to pay um, royalties to performers and writers. I, but I thought that had been happening. So, so Well, I it's guess they've been, they've been taking too much. Small. I don't know if it's better royalties. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure what the, the act was. The article I read really didn't specify if they were getting paid more. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess, hey, you know, that's awesome. You know, thanks for, for compensating artists more. I don't know. If, I mean, honestly, I'd be curious to see what Taylor Swift thinks of this because one of the reasons she took a lot of her music off of streaming is because she felt songwriters weren't being compensated enough. Mm. So I wonder if this is something that compensates songwriters more or maybe musicians more. Um, it'd be curious. If, I'm sure we'll find out more in the coming weeks. I mean, this is brand new, so, yeah. I, I wonder how the the money gets distributed, though, because, I mean, like, it, the, the subscriptions to these services does not cost very much. And, like, no. you can listen to as much as you want. So mm-hmm. it's like, how do they how do they break it down? I'd, I'd be curious to know if that's even public information. So, I mean, you can find out how much each um, play generates, and I do remember at least a couple of years reading, a couple of years ago reading that um, Spotify is the company that donates, or not donates because <laughs> these are not charities, but um, they give the largest amount of their profits to um, to record companies, which I found, are, are towards the artists, which, I mean, I guess goes to the record companies and then it's supposed to be distributed to the artists. And so the argument always was, if you want more, talk to your label. Because Spotify is giving the most um, versus the other companies. So I'd be curious to know if that still is the case. Because we've got so many more competitors out there now, you know. Um, Apple Music being, you know, one I think that's kind of poised to maybe give them a run. But I don't know how much Apple Music is giving. Even though that seemed to be the one company that she stayed with when she left. Thinking of, you know, Taylor Swift here. I don't know if she stayed with Tidal or not. Um, I know Tidal supposedly gives a lot of money, but I, I don't know if they really are. I, I don't really know anyone who has Tidal. Or, or let me rephrase that. I don't know anyone who has Tidal that's paying for it. Yeah. Uh, didn't people with Sprint yeah. have their, use their free trial to, yeah. to get Jay-Z's album Tidal. first or Beyonce's well, album? They also <laughs> give it away with certain like just plans. So everyone I know who has Tidal right. is really, it's just kind of like, well, I'll use it because it's free. <laughs> So, do you know anyone, Matt, that has title? I've never even heard of it. <laughs> yeah. So, maybe. <laughs> I can tell you with 100% certainty that I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, essentially, which is funny because that's that tells you how small its market share is. But if you ask Jay-Z, <laughs> yo, everyone's using title, son. Like, it's just like, you know. Wasn't there a story that they might have been fudging the numbers so I'm, they could uh I'm pretty damn sure they were fudging music? the numbers. <laughs> I think they were they were fudging the stream numbers so that uh, they would look good to the Prince estate because they, they had some exclusives. Yeah. Even though that piano and a microphone is probably everywhere now. Yeah. And that's 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 kind of sad they had to do that. But I totally believe it because no one has it. 
No one has no one has title. No, yeah. that, that I don't know anyone either. Yeah. Um. There was uh when there well I guess we can get to it now we'll discuss the charts. Yeah. So uh, we'll start with the Billboard 100. Uh, this week, "Girls Like You" by Adam and the Levines, featuring love and hip hop legend Cardi B, is number one for the fourth straight week. Number two, "Lucid Dreams" by Juice World. Number three, "Better Now" by Sirius Malone. Number four, "Drip Too Hard" by Lil Baby and Gunna. Oh man, I haven't heard that song. Uh, number five. Shallow by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper for the A Star is Born soundtrack. Excellent track. Number six, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. Number seven, Young Blood by Five Seconds of Summer. Number eight, Happier by Marshmello and Bastille. Number nine, I Like It by Love and Hip Hop legend Cardi B featuring Bad Bunny and Jay Balvin. And number 10, Fifi by Rainbow Bright the Rapper featuring Nicki Minaj and Murder Beats. So uh, a lot of new people, because we don't have nicknames uh, for them. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of new people entering the top 10. Um, In My Feelings is number 11. So that's going away finally. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, let's get to the Billboard 200. These are the albums. So number one, debuting at number one, is the A Star is Born soundtrack. The movie is out. uh, It's been out for a couple weeks now. You know, I think this might be the new Greatest Showman soundtrack. Like, it's going to be in there It's probably one that, like, we'll probably understand why it's it's still in the top ten after after a few months. Greatest Showman, I didn't know (laughs) why. Um, I thought it was you streaming This Is Me or whatever that song is (laughs) several times a day. Number two, debuting at number two, Trench by 21 Pilots. Hmm. Number three, The Carter Five by Lil Wayne. Number four, Drip Harder by Lil Baby and Gunna. Number five, Desperate Man by Eric Church. Number six, Traces by Steve Perry. Is this like from Journey, Steve Perry? What? What? (laughs) What? Huh? Okay. I didn't see that one coming. That's a a new... uh... Yeah. Development number seven, "Burn the Ships" by For King and Country. I think that's a gospel group or a Christian pop group. Um, hmm. if I'm wrong, I, I apologize. I, I think that's that's who they are. Number eight, "Scorpion" by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number nine, "Astro World" by Travis Scott, and number ten, "Beer Bongs and Bentleys" by Sirius Malone. Uh, so yes, this is um. Steve Perry from Journey, mm-hmm. released on October 5th through Fantasy Records, his first solo top 10 Billboard album. Um, it just says the genre is rock, so I'd be curious. This is his third um, solo record. Yeah. Only his third? Only his third. I yeah. know the first one was, I think it was called Street Talk, which was a, a yeah. weird title, but um, but that was like 1985. Yeah, that had <laughs> O'Sherry. <laughs> Yeah, Street Talk then for the for Love of Strange Medicine, which is a very odd album. Um, back when I was just trying to check out his stuff. So I'd be curious to hear if this one's similar to that one or if he went back to Street Talk or if it's just something completely different, you know? Mm. Um so yeah, so it is uh Steve Perry, formerly of Journey. The artist one hundred, these are the top one hundred artists. 
Well, of course, she's going to be number one. Uh, she has an album and a film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so number one is Lady Gaga. Number two, they released an album, 21 Pilots. Number three, technically, he has an album and a film, <laughs> Bradley Cooper. <laughs> he has a pretty good voice. Have y'all heard the songs from the movie? I haven't. Have you met? You know, I didn't know if that was actually his voice. And I'm still so, wondering if it is, he's good because I'm hearing people say he's a good singer. So I'm assuming it's him. I probably, he had, I mean, he, he, I think he, to, for authenticity's sake, he probably did really sing. I mean, he directed the film. I don't know if he had anything to do with the screenplay and he's in it. Yeah. Like, this was a very personal project, personal project yeah. for him, even though. This is like the fourth version of A Star is Born. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, he took 18 months of vocal training to achieve the gravelly register. Wow. So, yeah, looks like he uh, actually went went uh, all the way on it. This is the dude from Alias. Don't forget that. This, this, is, the dude, this is Sack from Wedding Crashers. <laughs> yes. And uh, let's see, what was his... Uh, what was his name in Wet Hot American Summer, man? I've seen that movie like 50,000 times. How can I not think of it? He had a curly fro. That's all I remember from American Hustle. I think it's safe to say, and I don't not to go too far off, it's safe to say this guy was being underutilized in his early career. Yeah. Like he just, they were just like, nah, he don't look like the type of dude that would take 18 months of vocal lessons for a movie. Let's let's. Uh, Didn't he go to the the actor studio or where, what school that has the actor studio? I, with James I Lincoln? think so, and that's probably why he. I think that was part of the reason why he wanted off of Alias, because they're like they're not doing anything with my character. Like it's essentially <laughs> almost they damn near wrote him out of the show. I never watched Alias, but it looked like yeah, if that was one of his first roles, he was the guy. If you remember Dane Cook talking about this, there's always that one guy. Just I just need one more minute. I just need one more minute to hang it to the mainframe. I feel like he was that guy. No, he was <laughs> That's even all he worse. Was he was the guy who wanted to be with Sydney, but like could never. He he essentially got caught up in her life, um, and had to go into hiding at one point. Like he was a reporter, and um, he dug too deep, and like the father kept trying to stop him, like kept trying to block him at every turn, and he wouldn't stop. He kept being nosy. So essentially, they were like, hey, all right, all right, dude, you went too deep. You know too much. Um, you can either stay out here and die, or we can put you into hiding. And he had to go into hiding. Mm. And that's why he wanted off, because like you, like you could go episodes without seeing him, because he was in <laughs> hiding. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so that was he's number three this week. Uh, number four, Eric Church, new album. Mm-hmm. Number five, Lil Wayne. Number six, The Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number seven, we're still kind of sort of worried about them a little. <laughs> uh, number eight, Serious Malone. Do you take him seriously? I feel like it changes every week. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard much from him. So, I'll, yeah, I'll say we, I still take him serious. What about you, Bannister? It's not my wheelhouse. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see him all over the place, and like I'm aware, but I could not tell you anything that he's done at all. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's understandable. Uh, number nine, the unretired 2K legends, because they are on WWE 2K19. Mm-hmm. And number 10, 
Steve Perry. He made it in there. New album. <laughs> you're in the top ten. Those are the rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, unranked last week. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's so weird. Like I just put out some music, and and you know if you want to get on the list, let's get some hashtags, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, um, what else? What else is going on? There's just there's not much. It's kind of um, slow right now. Um, Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson broke up. Yeah. Do we care? Um, yeah, I mean, we all knew it would happen, right? <laughs> if I was single, I might care. Then I'd have a shot, you know. Well, I'm single, so I have a shot. When you get tattoos with each other, you break up. They got tattoos with each other. And she got oh, a song yeah. named after him. See, that should have been the sign right there. Because J-Lo had a song called Dear Ben about Ben Affleck, and they weren't even married. That was doomed from the start. Like, that just didn't, that didn't even look good on paper. Like, it just looked bad. Michael Jackson had a song called Ben about a rat. They could have been married. (laughs) (laughs) But they didn't stay together, see? That's the point. Yeah, because Joseph killed him, right? Well, no, well, in the in the miniseries, it was just Mr. Rat. Yeah, Mr. Rat. Ben oh, was from the movie Ben. They did, oh, I was like, they didn't have the, where the it was, rights. Where to, Ben was the killer rat. They didn't have the rights to call him Ben. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but mean, yeah, it's... those songs, like, named after the guy. Yeah. Like, uh, y'all, you, you're not even married yet. Yeah. Wait till you're married, and then you know think about it. Then it's then it's a divorce, and it's more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said. Like, uh, you know, before we uh, you know, put money into this thing. Um, yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. But does he get money because of like likeness rights or something like that? I don't know how that works. Uh, I don't know. He might get co-writing credits. I don't know. Mm. Well, I mean, he got to be with Ariana Grande. Isn't that a prize in itself? She's pretty good looking. I mean, I just enjoy the ride, no pun intended, you know? Well, she said she wanted to marry him. Like, she knew she was going to marry him. So maybe they uh, get back together. And apparently now she's wrong. Maybe they get back together. She's maybe wrong for a, now, though. Like a break, you know? And he comes in, he tells a joke, and she's like, oh, Pete. And, you know, it happens again, you know? Well, I guess we'll... I'm not gonna see what happens. I, I, okay. I'm not gonna lie it's though. It's weird. I'd be mad as hell. Like she's gorgeous. I'd be <laughs> so mad. I'd be like, is there anything I could do? Like anything? Do you want a bigger ring? I know they don't pay me much, but do you? I, 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 I can go get a loan. Like what is it? Like man, that's yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. And she can sing. Whew. Strongest ponytail in the game. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a story that came out with the like the BET um, Hip Hop Awards. I I don't I, I don't know what the issue is to where they can't be live because it aired it they brought they taped it and then they broadcast it a week later. But you know, like a lot of people bring, talk about the ciphers. That's part of the appeal of it, mm-hmm. the BET ciphers. But apparently, those were filmed months ago. That's kind of dumb. And there was a story with um, Vic Mensa, who's part of the cipher. He says, uh, let me bring up the lyrics. They'll come up here. Um, A, name a single Vic Mensa song, bleep, 
We all know you won't live that long. I don't respect bleep posthumously. Homicide ain't new to me. Catch up with academics at your eulogy. So Vic Mensa was actually talking about XXXTentacion. Wow. So it's XXXTentacion. We all know you won't live that long. I don't respect niggas posthumously. Homicide ain't new to me. Catch up with academics at your eulogy. That's kind of a... And the previous line... Vic Mensa said this? Yeah. The previous line cut was, because the only time you bear arms is in a wife beater loser, your favorite rapper is a domestic abuser. So I was talking about uh, his domestic violence issues. Wow. Um, so I've never really been a Vic Mensa fan. <laughs> uh, how I do you know like three songs by him. How do you diss a dead person? <laughs> like, well, I think that... Target. I guess... I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> they, can't, they can't make a diss track back at you. Um, there was a, I think he put out an apology video. His only, the only thing he was really sorry about is that, um, X's mom heard it. Did he think she wouldn't? (laughs) But I think what he was, what his point was, I kind of understand it, but there are other ways to kind of go about this, uh, is, I think people were praising X too much yeah, or, or giving or paying tribute to him and kind of ignoring the domestic violence case and other bad things he may have done. Agreed. And I, I and I, that's what I figured he was doing when he was, when he was saying this, but and he's dead. I mean, like just is, he's not going to hurt anyone anymore. <laughs> There's nothing he can do at this point. I mean, it's almost the literal embodiment of beating a dead horse. There's really no point to do it, except for maybe you're just like, why is he getting all this love and I'm not? So it kind of just sounds like jealousy, like, I'm Big Mensa. I don't beat women. I'm a good rapper. Why aren't y'all loving me? This dude's dead. Like, it's just like, it sounds it sounds desperate. Like, it just, I don't know. Like it just there's there's really no point in to like stomp on this man's grave. Like there's an attempt at shock value. Yeah. And um I don't know, it just it just feels kind of feels cheap. Yeah. It was a cheap shot. It definitely was a cheap shot. On a man as as Matt said, perfect target. He can't <laughs> he can't punch back. So yeah. Um well, I think that's all we got for music news. That's what, all that's what worth to, talking about. What happened to coming at the president? Huh? What, why, why can't they do that? <laughs> like, he's alive. You know, Eminem did it. You know? yeah, but well, it's like the president. Twitter the, beef, and then do you want Twitter beef? Yeah, the president can win a rap battle with a tweet. <laughs> well, his supporters <laughs> believe that. Yeah, they yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. But that was, yeah. I'm always up for, you know. Going at Trump. <laughs> well, I want to get your, your take on this. I don't think we had discussed this since it happened. Um, Kanye going to the White House. Oh, it's hilarious. Just a, just a rambling. So if I'm going to be honest, I still, I'm still keeping with what I've been on for, I guess, the many months or a year or so that this has been going on. He's doing this. He is doing this for fame. He's doing it for album sales. He's doing it for record sales. He's doing it for streams. Chris Jenner has gotten in his ear and was like, "Hey, you see how we got famous, right? 
It's like off a sex tape and a, and a reality show. Well, no, here's the thing, though. I, I think that she's trying to spin this as much as as much as she can. She's probably like tried to give him advice as far as well, maybe you should do this with your album coming out. Maybe you should do that. You know, if you want to, you know, have some synergy with your clothing line or the shoes mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but you have to take your medication, and that was the trigger. He's like, no. I'm not taking the medication. I'm going to do what I want. So she's just trying to spin this the whole time. Yeah. And it's, um, this is the best that she can do. Yeah. Um, or part of it was, well, Kim, you got to go to the White House. Why can't I go to the White House? <laughs> well, I showed up with lawyers. Okay. I'm kind. I don't need and lawyers. He, and he needs to have a... Uh, the president needs to have like the flyest plane. Like he's not a rapper. No, he's not. He does not have. He, does, he doesn't have to be flashy. I mean, he probably wants to be, but he doesn't have to be. Yeah, he has. He has gold toilets in his home. He he wants to be flashy. He's the dude. Like they always say, before he became president, he was the dude that all the rappers looked up to because apparently they wanted gold toilets too. They just know he's <laughs> a billionaire and and he's from New York. Yeah, a billionaire from New York with gold. toilets. I'm sorry, that just Look, me Mac out. Miller, <laughs> Mac Miller had a song called Donald Trump. And once Trump became president, he stopped singing. He stopped doing that song in his shows. It's, that's just funny to me. It, it's just really funny. Like they did. I guess they didn't know his politics. <laughs> it's like, I want to get mean, rich. In their wildest dreams would have thought. <laughs> no, what, yeah, they weren't thinking like, oh, him run for president? No, come on. Yeah. I, I think it'd be funny if we were to go back and, like, some rapper ahead of his time was like, you know, fuck Donald Trump because he's trying to build a wall, like, 20 years ago or something like that. <laughs> like, well, everyone's coming out in support of him. He uh, knew. He saw it coming. Mr. Donald. Like, he, he came from the past. He came back from the future or something. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, he knew. He's like, don't, don't, don't praise Donald Trump. It's going to his head. <laughs> I think the thing that also um, that a lot of people spoke about on, on Twitter and Instagram Kanye's passcode for his phone. Yeah, all zeros. <laughs> That's great. That was great. So I hope he changed it because if not, if you see Kanye, take his phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can open it. <laughs> it's really sad. Like at that point, just use a fingerprint. If you don't want to memorize a password, just use a fingerprint. But no. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, so uh, let's get to Ben's Earworm of the Week. Tell us about it. So I have been all about this playlist called Popco. Um, it is a pop country playlist. Um, definitely more pop than country. Um, apparently a, a lot of um, DJs, so like Zed, and a few other DJs have been doing, have been doing songs with um, country artists. Um, this is not one of those songs. I'm just, I'm just kind of stating. This is from Carrie Underwood's album, Cry Pretty. Um, she released it as a single earlier this year. It's called End Up With You. It sounds like really no other Carrie Underwood song I've heard. It's very pop. Um, and if this is the, re- the direction she's going in, I salute it. Um, honestly, all country artists should be more pop, in my opinion. I don't think that's... Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I like both, but I, really, I just really like this song. All right, so I was trying to pull it up um, over here at least. <laughs> okay, give me just a second while I, I get this queued up. 
So when when did you first hear this song? About a week ago, maybe, on the Popco playlist. They change it pretty often. It was the top song, probably because it was new. And of course, she's Carrie Underwood. She's still, she's still somewhat of a big deal in in country music. Um, at least I think. I don't know. I didn't know she was married to a hockey player. I found that out. Hmm. Yeah. Someone called him a hockey star, and someone was quick to cor- to correct that person, saying that he was second or third line at best. <laughs> I was like, man, but I've done the same thing when people are like, oh yeah, um, Monica married NBA star Shannon Brown. I'm like, no, no hold on, hold no, on, no. <laughs> if you're a shooting guard on NBA a team, star with, Tom Freeze married to <laughs> God, yeah, I was like, it can't they can't marry actual like you know starters, people that can crack the starting lineup. <laughs> well, Shannon Brown wasn't a starter. No, he Tristan was not. Thompson. Is a starter by default because LeBron fought for him. He he ain't started on every team. <laughs> well, I guess the thing the thing is with with Chloe, you got to be at least six foot ten to even like have a chance. Like you know, none of them are like, oh yeah, I'm dating Dwayne. Well, Gabrielle Union could say that, but I mean, they got married. They have a normal marriage. She's not out here in the streets acting stupid. You know, like Lala might have been the closest with Carmelo, but even she wasn't acting stupid. She was just trying to act. Yeah, and very poorly at that. But <laughs> did you see her on on um, SVU? Lala. Yeah. No. Oh, it was bad. It was like a Shanti and light it up bad. <laughs> you mean a Shanti and Coach Carter? Coach Carter, yes. Where she she kept moved her, her neck every time she spoke. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was really bad. Really bad. Like not making eye contact with the person you're talking to on screen. <laughs> well, like I I haven't watched an episode of Power. But apparently there was only one reason to watch Lala on Power. She was on Power? Or two reasons. Hint, hint. Oh. Yeah. I'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, this is End Up With You by Carrie Underwood. And we'll be right back. I really care about making any plans. Leave it up in the air, give it up to chance, seeing where it goes, seeing where it lands, I just want to go as fast as we can, and we get in a road down on some back road, loving in the backseat to the radio, wouldn't be the worst scenario, cause all I want to do
is Carrie Underwood, End Up With You. And that is from her upcoming album, Cry Pretty, you said? Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing the lyric video. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't pull it up for, for the Facebook Live, but I was playing the lyric video. Um, I feel like there's a lot of money to be made for, to put those together. Lyric videos? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost like a it's almost like a music video, and yeah, I mean it's something it's definitely meant for video platforms. Yeah, um, it's like karaoke almost. But I just feel like like what are the meetings like figuring out a concept for the lyric video <laughs> for a song? <laughs> um, and it it's basically like a road trip motif with lots of bumper stickers showing the lyrics or a wooden fence. Uh, they used a Waffle House. Um, some motel signs. So, um, yeah, I, I just wonder, like, what, who, like, who did they go to? Is there a firm? <laughs> Is there a firm? Like, we do lyric videos. Boy, do we have and... an idea for you? <laughs> Check out this font. <laughs> um. So yeah, so we started the uh, show with. Let me adjust my mic one more time. Uh, we started the show with a scene from uh, uh, the film Empire Records, where Warren is uh, <laughs> <laughs> Warren is shoplifting, um, and he is he gets run down by Lucas, uh, trying to uh, save the world again. Um, instead of saving the music town. Instead of saving Empire Records from becoming Music Town, he just tries to save the um, the Empire Records from losing a couple of CDs. <laughs> so, and uh, he, one of them was Whitney Houston, right? Yeah, Doctor Dre. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll be talking about the film Empire Records, uh, a film uh, starring Liv Tyler and Ethan Embry, and not really anyone else. There was Wouldn't you uh, say? Renee Zellweger. I'd say, I'd say Rory Cochran was probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if if they would have kept the movie going with how it started, with just like his character doing funny stuff, that would have been a, a way better movie. Um, so uh, I, um, I didn't get a chance to get through the whole movie again, but I've definitely seen it a few times. Um. Uh, just before, as we get started here, uh, Matt, where would you, how would you, uh, do you treat this the same way you treat that thing you do as far as if it comes on TV or you have it on DVD and you'll just watch it when, you know, there's nothing else on or something like that? Uh, no, like that thing <laughs> you do for me, that's, that's more of a, a complete movie and it creates kind of like a, I don't know, nostalgia feel for like a time that I wish I was alive during um where like this movie like it I, i'm familiar with the era the music and all of that stuff because it's like when we all grew up mm -hmm. but you know for me this movie like i like it it's one of those like dazed and confused like i like the movie yeah. and i i will watch it from time to time but like it's not one of those that if it's like on tv i'm gonna stop everything and just watch it um i mean i i may watch it like once every 
other year or so at best. Okay. All right. That's, uh, that's fair. Um, so before it was brought up to discuss this on the podcast, when was the last time you had seen it? Oddly enough, the week prior to Ben asking me, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Jenna had it on, uh, in the living room and I, I walked upstairs and it was probably a, what, third of the way through maybe. And, you know, I was like, I haven't seen this in a while and just sat there and watched, you know, the whole thing because it was on Netflix and I didn't have to bother with commercials. Otherwise my attention span would have gone out the window. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that like, oddly enough, it was a week before Ben asked, maybe a couple of days before. And then, uh, I rewatched it again just to, to make sure it was fresh, but yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, Ben, before discussing the film, Oof. what was the last time you had seen it? I have no clue. <laughs> my, my, my estimates went back as far as high school. <laughs> <laughs> like I just couldn't remember the last time I'd seen it, and I was very curious to see it if to see if how I would react to it again, because you know as an adult versus you know when it came out I was eleven, roughly. Mm. I know I didn't see it then. I I just I don't remember when I saw it. Um, but yeah, it was. It's I, I'm 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 right there with Matt. Like it's not one of those movies like like that thing you do. I agree. I can watch that whenever it's on. I can just like oh let's just watch it. But this. Granted, it was better than I remembered. Is not one of those movies where I'm just like, I've got to watch it. Like I could, there are certain parts I really like, but as a whole, it just doesn't. It's just not as good. Yeah, it's one of these movies where like the more I watch it, the more I like it, but also the more I watch it, the more I hate it. Like it's weird. Like <laughs> I'll find things about it that just don't make any sense at all, mm-hmm. and. Then I try to be like, well, you know, just watch it for what it is. And then, you know, I go back to liking it again. But then something else happens. Like, how did Warren get out of police custody twice in the same day? Like, yeah. and then I'm like, never mind. Don't think about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Showed up with blanks. Mm-hmm. Like, who yeah. does that? Just <laughs> like, how does this kid keep evading trouble? Yeah. And get hired somehow. Yeah. Know. Joe's a terrible boss. <laughs> that's what i started to realize uh at like trying to get through it uh, one more time but from what i remember yeah he is i don't know he is almost too he's he's too le- lenient's not a strong enough word it? do you need to talk do you need help <laughs> do you want to talk yeah which is not a bad thing to do as a manager but like after some guy just robbed you of over nine thousand. Like, this movie should have been five minutes with that with the way it started. This movie is less than five minutes. Yeah, he goes to Lucas goes to Atlantic City with the money that was supposed to go to the bank, loses Which, the money. By the way, nine thousand dollars, nine thousand one hundred four, whatever it was. What was the the total? I wrote it down because it was a lot of money. It was, yeah, nine thousand one hundred four dollars. That was supposed to be from one day's take at the store. If you do what the math, they this? do that every single day. This is like over $3 million a year. In this store. <laughs> what is he doing with the rest of this money? Because it's not going to the employees and it's not going to the store. <laughs> and apparently it like not having that $9,000 from that one day is going to cause the store to close. Yeah. Now we have to be a music town. Uh, <laughs> what are we? We're, we're poking holes. We're poking. <laughs> we have to. We have to. This is 1995, and it's about an outdated uh, 
concept of a record store. <laughs> so yeah. I will we're s- about to be a media play now. No. <laughs> oh, that's a throwback. <laughs> so this is this is I guess how old I felt and how dated I felt the movie was in that scene where Warren is um is stealing the CDs. He takes the magnet and he wipes it across the top. Yeah. Kendra says, "What's he doing?" <laughs> 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 and I had to explain. I was like, "Oh, um, back in the day, <laughs> like they magnetized those to make sure you didn't steal them." <sighs> I feel old. <laughs> Um, What's he doing? Well, I felt old about uh, the part where I can't remember the guy's name, but um, he's he's one of Mark's friends, and he Mm -hmm. comes in. He has he has the mixtape. Yeah, like giving a mixtape to someone and explaining it, like and why the why like you explain the choices you made. Yeah, and you know what the tape is supposed to mean as as a concept. Um. You know, you don't. No one does that really Mm-mm. anymore because it's probably just this these random songs, right? But you don't like the you make making the mixtape was like it was it was a passion project for most people. Yeah, well, because you had to actually make it. Like you couldn't yeah. just. It wasn't like a oh here's a playlist. You had to record it. Like you had to yeah. physically you had to record make it. it. You had to plan it out ahead of time. You mm-hmm. know. You had yeah, to make yeah. you had to be sure making about the it, order. The tape was a, an event back then. Yeah. Sure. You had to be sure about the order because you can't just skip a song. Yeah. You can't skip tracks yeah. like a CD. Yep. Yeah. So it was it was normally a labor of love. Yeah. <laughs> and it um, and it was limited time-wise. Like it couldn't yeah. be forever. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Man, all this uh and and, and like back to joe being a terrible boss how many people would you staff in a record store during a day where nothing much is happening because like there's eight people working but they're not doing anything they're all just hanging out in the break room yeah what was up with that like they were never on the floor i I thought that that was a little that was interesting like okay like everybody is scheduled uh, on the same day, who was the one? Per- well, it was yeah. Rex Manning Day. Of course, they were all. <laughs> <laughs> they had yeah. to be there for Rex Manning. You gotta, you gotta ha- handle that line. Yeah, that orderly line of old ladies. <laughs> uh, but like they, yeah. they, they kind of referenced it once when like they were doing that little funeral thing for Deborah, I and then like help, yeah. Mark's in there, you know, at the register handling everything by himself, and he's like calls over the intercom like hey everybody come out and help me like yeah. every employee's back there having a fake funeral <laughs> yeah that's put together in like no time flat by the way yeah that was yeah that that was mm. what is this sounds more and more like this should have been like a sitcom it could have it could have been <laughs> fast time wait was it across multiple days like the way that everything just happens to happen on the one day on rex just, manning the day. part that i've always had a problem with like mm-hmm. Like, they, they needed something, like, Corey had to have a problem. So, like, what do we do with her? Well, let's give her a Jesse Spano thing where she's addicted to pills. And it's like... Yeah. Know, <laughs> throws herself at reach, for sure. But. Throws herself at Rex Manning, and it's just completely... Like, he just... Like, Rex, it, what was funny about that is... Cause I, so, I, I looked it up. She was 18 in this role when this movie was made. She was, like, 18... Clearly, she's still in high school when she throws herself at Rex Manning. And what does Rex do? 
He's like, all right, let's do this. Just like leans but back. But then like she she looks at him like it's like, oh, what are you doing? Like the look she gives him is like. Like you are groupy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she thought I like. fell for it. <laughs> yeah. Like did she think he was going to be like, all right, I've got a hotel room. We can go back to it and be a classy. Like, no. <laughs> Come over here and get on this. I'm going to put my steak knife down real quick. <laughs> like he looks just like, you sure you want to sure do this? Like. <laughs> Oh man, that was that scene as emotional as it was supposed to be. I cracked up. <laughs> like it's it's awkward and it's like it's almost cringeworthy. It is because uh, it's like uh, you kind of you feel bad for her because like you um, because like her in, like her all her innocence is kind of just shattered. shattered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all in that one moment and. And then at the same time, you're. It's like, what is the appeal of this dude? I, so that was I for me. For me, it was like, what is? What, yeah, why? Yeah, the hair. You're right, Matt. It's the <laughs> this dude wears frilly yeah. shirts. Hey, yeah, you know, and tight like pants shiny. in 1995, not 1975, 1995. Hey, man, yeah, here looking like one. a BG. <laughs> 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 that, yeah, that that did have me cracking up. I figured he was supposed to be David Cassidy. I did write that down. It, I thought like it was uh, it was based off of Tom Jones. I looked it up. Okay. Oh God, Tom Jones. I, I wrote down it, this is David Cassidy or Donny Osmond if they stayed relevant into the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Based off of Tom Jones, eh? okay. but I could see the Tom Jones as well. Yeah. Um, back to like the first few minutes of the movie. Uh, Lucas has got to be the dumbest gambler ever. Yeah, you yep. gonna put all nine thousand <laughs> on the table? Yeah, at least like save half of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he used to have nine thousand dollars. I was like, damn, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody dropped him. Like, eh, I guess you're not a winner anymore. They're just gonna drop you. It kind of sucked for him. He was like the idiot with the heart of gold, though. You know, it's like you know, he his heart was in the right place. But his head was not. And, and no. the most mad Joe got was like, just sit on the couch and don't give up or don't get up. Like that's that's the. Oh no! But eventually he beat the he beat his ass though, didn't he? Yeah, like it was weird though, because like did uh, no matter how many times I watch it, I still get the vibe that like like they went in there and he didn't really hit him, <laughs> but like they made a whole bunch of noise, so everybody outside thought he got punished. <laughs> Every time I watch it, I'm like, I try to, I try to figure out if that's really what's going on, and I still can't tell. Like, mm-hmm. if Joe's like, here, just you know, make it sound like I hit you really hard. But... So, am I the only person who thinks that Joe kind of looks like Eddie Money? That. <laughs> <laughs> look, look a picture of Scott Stapp when he had long hair and tell me. Yeah, kind of looks Scott like Stapp. Scott Stapp too. Scott yeah, Stapp. yeah, yeah. Um, like down to the outfit too. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at a picture of Eddie Money from Super Hits. He kind of looks like Joe. And then, yes, I definitely see the Scott Stapp. Although, I guess I would, we would say Scott Stapp looks like Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was an yeah. interesting look for Scott Stapp to choose when he came relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Joe from Empire Records. Hey, Joe. Um, I felt bad for Jane. Um, I would hate to work for someone like Rex Manning. Have to, she has to say, like, so do you like the new Rex Manning album? 
knowing damn well they don't. <laughs> but like you have to a, say it. Being a publicist manager for that kind of pop star who's like trying to stay relevant, yeah. struggling to stay relevant. That's got to be tough. Yeah, you have to be like super positive all the time. Mm-hmm. Except for like they actually got married. It's kind of like Bobby Brown and <laughs> his wife, who was his manager. Um, but kind of like that kind of situation to where you're not really doing anything, but you're struggling to stay relevant. Yeah. Um, and th- that's a tough That was another thing that was weird, too, when she quit during the day. Like, yeah. She's kind of like, okay, I guess everybody's right. I'm going to quit. Why quit? I can't believe she quit. Like, she, like, he got more mad at that than he did for the money being gone. And she's just there for the day to just make sure that he signs autographs. Like, she has no other purpose. Like, you don't need her to finish out Red Cannon's page. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are right. <laughs> Just gonna... He got so mad about that, and it's like, who cares? After he threw and then himself she comes back out of nowhere to like, here's the leftover Rex Manning, like, uh, what was it? Oh yeah, pub, whatever, um, fund PR whatever, money, yeah, scoring yeah. fund or whatever it was, and like threw it down at uh, what's his face, Lucas, and I was like, where did she come back from? Like, why? Why does everybody keep returning to this store? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and asked yeah. Joe out on a date. <laughs> like, you want to get dinner? Didn't they yeah. used to date? Were they characters used to date? Is that why they knew each other so well? Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Oh, that's how he got Rex Manning. Okay. Sexy Rex. I don't know. that. I, if that's the case, I need to rewatch it and then have that in mind because, like, I've never picked up on that. If that's yeah. That would I knew they knew each sense. other, right? Because <laughs> he did to seem date. to kind of know her before she showed up. So maybe that does make sense. Let me see. Let me. They knew each other. That's if so, I totally missed out on that. That's some very subtle writing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, your movie's only an hour and a half. You're gonna have to cut some corners here. <laughs> oh, this was in Delaware? Yeah, it's supposed to be a uh, town in fictional town in Delaware. Delaware. Yeah. That's a the... long drive to Atlantic City. Not really. It's not? Delaware, Delaware to New Jersey? They're like right next to each other. Yeah. Why did I, I think I don't know, like I mean, I'm thinking of Vermont. I, I I'll look up the distance to see. You know, for, until until um, until today when I started watching it, I didn't know it was Delaware. I thought it was somewhere in L.A., and he drove to Vegas. I totally forgot that it was Atlantic City. I figured it well, was like, just so in the middle of the country. Uh, it was Eddie, the the dude that's Mark's friend. When he came in, he said, "I heard you went to like Vegas or something," and like so he kind of yeah. yeah. Yeah, right that's sure. why I thought it was yeah, Vegas. It, it, it was yeah. Atlantic City, but like I'm looking on a map right here. I don't know where in Delaware they were, but from like the capital of Delaware to Atlantic City, it's two and a half hours. Okay. Well, it takes like 20 minutes to drive through the state of Delaware, <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it's not that far drive. Um, another thing I wrote down, uh, the common teen trope, movie trope, that teens think they're not good enough academically for their parents. Yeah. So Corey is like trying really hard to get into Harvard. Cause that's what her dad wants. Um, and we see, we've seen this in, in a few other teen movies to where someone's like, I got to study, you know, because mom or dad wants them to get into an Ivy league school that, 
like without a scholarship or something. I don't know. Because she's going to Harvard, right? That's where Corey's going. Yeah. And then that other dude's going to uh, art school somewhere. Yeah, somewhere in Boston. Yeah, so he decided to go in Boston because he wanted to be next to her. Oh, that was sweet. Unrequited love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, that's that is the theme across like a lot of movies around that time. And I don't know if it's because like it's considered like a slacker generation and they're trying to <laughs> ground it somehow, or maybe it's just, you know, Hey, here's some more white people problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, that, yeah. That just, it's so rough. yeah. She, that ending was just weird though. Harvard, nah. Yeah. She, the, the speed scene. Where she yeah. gets the where so I didn't realize she's taking speed until the end, well not the end but like the scene where Renee Zellweger's character who's name Jenny, Jeannie Gina Gina, you know like calls her a speed freak and just basically goes crazy and has really the, the most intense scene, huh? That's the first time they mention it. They just kind of like oh by the way here here's this thing. by the way she takes speed. like it just gets yeah. brought up out of nowhere and resolved right there like it's literally a problem for no time at all <laughs> so out of any context or whatsoever like i don't know it, it, i think it, that was around i'm trying to figure out what part that was like halfway through the movie right yeah a little over halfway there's supposedly a, a um <clears throat> a different cut out there that somebody did i want to try and find that's a little bit longer like 107 minutes and like it's re-edited hmm yeah, I and think that would help. Makes more like, sense. <laughs> they have that falling out, and then like at that funeral for Deborah that they do, Liv Tyler's like, "I really miss Gina." Like, yeah, what hey, the hell? That was like two hours ago. What do you mean you miss her? She's in the room right back there. <laughs> it's it's not like you've been gone for a week. I miss her. You just talked to her like two hours. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little weird, um, especially since they were supposed to eulogizing. <laughs> Uh-huh. Deborah and she's like, I miss Gina. Like, bitch, I'm right here. Like, <laughs> um, like when she, when yeah, Deborah was cutting ahead. her hair, like, don't you feel like the two dudes out there on the couch would have definitely heard that going on? Well, no. See, here's the thing. So Surprise when she walked out. This is another of those impossible things. She gave herself a fade with scissors. Yeah, that's a little hard to do. For those who who uh-huh. you know don't get haircuts or have never shaved your head or anything, <laughs> that is impossible. <laughs> she gave herself a fade. Oh, she had some clippers too at the end. She did enough. Yeah, I think she had clippers. She had clippers. I say she did. Where did, like, they, did she have the where did she have these clippers? Were they in her in a bag? No, she took them out. She took them out and but like after she cut everything off and yeah. Yeah, I don't know where she got them from. Probably the same place they were stashing the funeral supplies. (laughs) (laughs) Had to. And the candles. Because I don't think she came in, like, with something that would have her, that would have clippers and scissors. And and if she was going to do that, why didn't she just do that at home? Because then we wouldn't see it. Exactly. Oh, she just had to make a show of it, huh? Yeah, if it didn't happen, if it happened at home, then we'd have to be like, we just assumed she was always bald. (laughs) We would have never known. Someone would have had to cleverly say, hey, you had the hair yesterday. Yeah, I cut it. And then she would hold up her wrist, along with these or something like that. I don't know. And there was another thing that bothers me. Um, and it, it starts with her because when they were talking at the – it was her and Renee Zellweger talking about the um, 
the music town policies about oh, how yes. they can't yeah. be like revealing clothing or tattoos and saying, Oh, basically, you know, each other are screwed. Like she doesn't have any visible tattoos. I think there's one on like her lower neck, but like, Oh, it's but it would like have been covered by her hair, wear a regular shirt and cover that up. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, this was an era where having, uh, more than two tattoos is a lot. Yeah. Like a lot of people, um, look at, I always use the example of like, like Tupac didn't really have a lot of tattoos, Mm-mm. but I think the media made it seem like he just had tattoos all over his body, like J.R. Smith. Yeah, he wasn't even close. <laughs> but yeah, he had like five tattoos. By a t-shirt, you don't have a lot of tattoos. Exactly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to bring up, oh, like with Deb uh, cutting her hair, um, giving herself that fade with scissors. Uh, um. Now, I, I maybe this wasn't where this never happened where I was. I don't know about you guys, but was there was there ever a day in a record store where some celebrity, regardless of status, was coming by to sign autographs? I don't know how big this event, how often this event happens, because this is a fictional town in Delaware. If it was L.A., which I thought it was for so long, it would have made sense. But it's this small town in Delaware. Now it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Well, she said Middle America buys your records. So maybe yeah. since he's... Not that he's... many of them. Well, except for that yeah. record store. Because apparently they're doing $3 million a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, if they're... If they're... um Trying to... If he's not as, as popular as he might have been in the past... Fictional town in Delaware might be the best place he can, you know, he can get. Like, I want to go to L.A., but they don't want me in L.A. <laughs> but they want me yeah. here in Nowheresville, Delaware, you know, here at Empire Records. Generally, the only time that would ever happen is if you're already on tour, you're in that town, and you're trying to promote the show that night, and you'll mm-hmm. do an in-store appearance or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think Delaware is a stretch. Uh, that being said, Trey Young is going to be signing autographs at Dillard's, I believe, when? at the uh, Perimeter Mall on November 4th. Ooh. There's that. I saw that the other day when I was there. That's a Sunday. Yeah. I'm I'm going. You want to go? I mean, I want to. Whether or not I'll remember it, I have no idea. <laughs> I remembered it long enough to tell you this. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally going to go. I know. Well, Greg, you met him, right? Or did you get to meet him? I technically didn't get to meet him. Okay. Uh, I was at well. I think I mentioned this on the last episode. I was at Hawks Media Day, uh-huh. and uh, I got to interview some players. And the way it was set up, like there was a lot of reporters crowded around Trey Young. Um, so I just talked to people who weren't who didn't have the big crowds mm-hmm. <laughs> around them. So that was basically um, the ones who had the big crowds around them were Trey Young, Jeremy Lin. And Vince Carter. Mm. Everyone else was it was kind of scattered. Um, that sounds about right, though. Yeah. That's what yeah. Want to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, well, yeah, y'all can talk to Trey Young. They're just gonna be asking him the same questions anyway. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, another thing that happened in the um, well, the, the music town policy was. Uh, dispersed 
and uh, let's see, what was another thing that happened? Um, well, we can get can we can we go to the the shoplifter scene with yeah. quote unquote Warren? It's very dangerous. <clears throat> um, can't do that at Walmart. <laughs> no. Well, you might be able to get away with Walmart. You just have to like keep going. Like, don't go back inside the store or hover well, around. Well, I'm saying the store. Lucas couldn't do that at Walmart. Like, once oh, they no. leave, like, once they leave, yeah, you can't. Or you yeah. like that? Remember that episode of Atlanta? I don't know if you watched Atlanta, but um, where it was Paperboy's cousin or friend. I think his name was Stacy or Tracy. I forget. But him and Ernest are in a store. They're getting new. They're like. Tracy has a job, job interview, so he needs some new shoes. And he's just going through, like, looking at the shoes. And, and you see an employee. He's like, hey, can I help you with anything, sir? And, uh, and you know, there and him and Ernest are talking. And uh, he's like, yeah, this store has a no-chase policy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you mean a no-chase policy? Um, if I leave the store with an item, they can't chase me. Like no, no chase, and then like, and like the only thing they could do is give the best customer service they can because the guy standing over there is like, "Hey, sir, uh, if if you don't have your if we don't have your size, uh, I can go in the back and check." Oh, <laughs> while he's saying out loud, "Yeah, they have a no chase policy," and he just walks out of the store. Wow, and he's like, "Sir, sir, uh, is there anything I can help you with?" <laughs> I need to watch this episode. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, so Walmart must have that. No yeah, chase yeah, no policy. chase policy. They'll just call the cops. Yeah. Well, they. Um, I don't. I don't think that that happens either, as far as cops being. Called. Oh, they won't call the cops. No. Damn. You'd be robbing people at Walmart. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Warren. Warren, quote unquote, Warren doesn't leave the store. Warren Beatty. <laughs> <laughs> That that was a that's a weird reference for a fourteen year old kid to just pull out like, like uh, Warren yeah. Beatty. He's <laughs> like definitely a juvenile. Bullworth wasn't I mean, out like, yet. Uh, Dick Tracy had been out came out five years previous to this. That's <laughs> what I knew him from when I was a kid. That's the yeah. only Warren Beatty reference I had. I I knew Dick Tracy. That was it. Yeah. So the the Warren Beatty thing is weird. I mean. What else could he have said, though? I don't know. What would have been more relevant? Nineteen ninety. Yeah, Val Kilmer, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Keaton. Michael. Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah. What's your name, Kevin Costner? Oh, Mel Gibson. He was pretty big. Mel Gibson would have been very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been more. Warren Beatty's a better name, though. Like, th- I gotta give him that. That was a better choice. Yeah, Warren Beatty's. I always thought Beatty, at least. Warren is a cool name, but Beatty is a very cool. Last name. Um, I didn't realize that uh, Burko was Deb's boyfriend until like late in the movie. Yeah, Who? and Burko, he was the I, uh, he had the band. Said, oh, Coyote Shivers character. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which I, I saw a trivia thing when I was looking online that uh, he was married to Liv Tyler's mom at the time. So technically while they were doing that movie, he was Liv Tyler's stepdad. Yeah. Ew. 
Yeah, he was mad to Blue Babel or something like that. Blue Bo- Bebe Buell. Yeah. Bebe Buell. Yeah, yeah, her. He was, what, 20? I wrote it down, 28 or 29. Yeah, 29 when the movie released. His name's Coyote. That's an interesting name. Yeah, I checked out the song, or at least some of his other stuff. He's not very good. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't sound good on Sugar High. It was just, you know, it's just one of those things like, oh, man, this song rocks. And then I saw it, and I was like, eh, it's okay. Well, he's like an actual like Canadian musician. Though. Like, yeah. He's, he's supposed to have been legit. They were, I'm trying to remember who they said they were going to get for, or tried to get for the movie, but they turned it down. I said, oh, it was Billy Joe Armstrong. That's who they were trying to get. Oh, that, that would have been much more iconic. Yeah. That's who they were trying to get, but I don't know what happened. I think they said it was like too big or something. Well, that would have uh, that would have helped, as it seems like the initial run at the box office it made just over three hundred thousand dollars. And it was a ten million dollar budget. Yeah, I would imagine most of it was on music because I mean the whole thing was a soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, tons of music in there, and yeah, probably had to account like for all the songs and all the images made the soundtrack. But like the best song in the whole movie didn't even make the soundtrack. What's the best song? Cloud, Cloud by Sponge. <laughs> <laughs> just th- we were talking, just talking about that song, um, and and uh, you know where I first heard that song though? Where? An episode of Cold Case. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, we were just talking about that song. Uh, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, I, I did not remember that it was in this film, but uh, yeah, I heard definitely. The only song I remember from the it song. was uh, "Till I Hear From You." Yeah, and that actually, that wasn't a hit before this, so no. that helped them out in getting them that hit. But yeah, yeah like "Toad the Wet Sprocket" was on there. Yeah, um, like "Dish Walla," they weren't on the soundtrack, but "Counting Blue Cars" was in the movie. Like they had a lot of good songs, like in the movie, but like. I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird soundtrack because like you've got some kind of like punky type things mixed in with these, you know, '90s bands like Cracker or Toe the Wet Sprocket. Yeah, Cracker was like, on who's, there. Who's buying this? <laughs> um, so we look at the soundtrack here: uh, Gin Blossoms, Cranberries, A Girl Like mm-hmm. You by Edwin Collins. That was that became a hit off of this soundtrack, or because well because of the the film, the song became a hit. Yeah. Uh, Toe the Wet Sprocket, Better Than Ezra. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anybody else on this soundtrack. I'm not familiar with any of these other groups. Lustra. I think I know Lustra. It's it's not the Scotty Doesn't. Yeah, I just, I just thought that, and it's not, so never mind. I don't know. Yeah. Now, Evan Dando, I know barely. Um Oh, for the Lindenheads, I've heard that. Band. But then, like Ape Hangers, I have no idea. The Martinis, I don't know. They mentioned Ape Hangers on the um, in the movie trailer, which, by the way, was a terrible movie trailer. I don't know if you watched the official trailer. No, it I haven't. Good. Oh, Guar was in there. Well, yeah, that yeah. was when uh, Mark was hallucinating. Yeah. I think he ate the entire special brownie, yeah, or whatever. Oh yeah, Romeo and Juliet also, um, the Dire Straits version, yeah. Uh, Not on the Kill the Radio Star, there, yeah. of course. Um, uh, there was someone else I had heard of that was on here. Body Count. Yeah. Uh, body Count. They they it was they covered Hey Joe. Yep. 
<clears throat> yeah. That was at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Well yeah. put in there. Of course, when <laughs> when Joe's getting there, and they're like, hey, Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did yeah. place a lot of the songs really well. I will say that. Like, mm-hmm. like when they used Till I Hear It From You, like it came at a perfect time. Like it didn't just come out of nowhere. And it kind of like, I, I don't know. I, I will give them that though. Like, it, I mean, even though the whole movie kind of seemed like a ploy to sell soundtracks, which is <laughs> huge in that time period like contracts were a big deal i remember buying a lot myself but like they did a good job of like not just placing something in a spot that it didn't need to be there just because they got the rights to that song or something um so with the film uh there was a moment that i was i thought that i don't know how these two girls can be friends now uh, or make up in the matter of a day that I'm talking about Gina and Corey. So uh-huh. <clears throat> after Corey throws herself at Rex Manning and um, it just, her innocence is shattered and just disintegrates in front of her eyes. Then later Gina has sex with Rex Manning. Um, yeah. Everything why, I know or about girls says that they're not going to be talking to each other for at least a that month. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know where that came from. Who wrote this? Um, former employee hey, look, at Tower uh, Records. Carol Heckenen, Heikkinen. Um, what, what is that about? I feel like there's some, there's, there's some truth behind that story. Maybe Carol, Carol Heikkinen, uh knows what, why that even happened on Tom Jones day. It was Tom Jones day. It was Donnie Osmond day. Yeah. It said that she used to work at, um, tower records. Yeah. Um, and that's where we find out Corey is secretly taking speed. Um, Oh, and okay. Maybe I missed something with Deb. Uh, y'all can help me fill in the blanks. If she comes in, she shaves her head, she goes to work as if it's a normal day, and we find out that she just attempted suicide. Yeah. And then, you know, she just has a regular work day. She's uh, doing the books, sitting in one of the listening rooms. Um, and uh, And then there's a funeral. Yeah. We missed so, that. So they, like, when she came in and came out of the bathroom, that's when they saw, like, the bandage on her wrist, which, yeah. like, I mean, every time I watch it, I try to see it myself, and I I barely can, so it's, like, not something you notice as a viewer. Um, like, if they would have had her sleeves rolled up or, like, some just obvious, like, you know, hey, there's a bandage on her wrist. What's happening? But, like, yeah, like, the, the one thing they do wrong across the board that whole day is, like, they keep letting her go off, like, by herself. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you don't want to do to somebody who's just tried to commit suicide. Is like, oh, let's let them just be on their own. But I mean, they finally do the right thing and give her like you know kind of an intervention style thing. But like, even if I, I don't feel like everything we know about her character, uh, none of that tells me like she's going to actually agree and sit there for this fake funeral thing. I don't, I don't know anybody who would actually agree to something like that. Yeah, it did seem a little far fetched. Um, moving on 
going to the uh oh no yeah uh what what do you got oh god okay bear with me here um so of course rex manning day is april 8th apparently it's celebrated as as a day and um, i saw an article that says uh, the cult teen movie is being turned into a broadway musical um yeah but that's that's not all um the reason we picked april 8th as the day to have powdered coiford rex manning visit Empire Records okay. is because Kurt Cobain was found on dead on the 8th of April, the day the music of the 90s lost its mascot. Yeah. Yep. Rex they don't Manning. mention that in the movie, but yeah, that. Rex not Manning. the day he died, the day he was found, yeah. Yeah, Rex Manning is Kurt so Cobain. So it's kind of like a, an unspoken tribute, if you will, which Nirvana is nowhere on the soundtrack, so... They probably want nothing to do. <laughs> what the hell? Then what I don't it... think they actually said April eighth anywhere. I don't. I don't think it's on any of the stuff in the movie. It's just like that's the what day, yeah. they decided it was April eighth. Yeah. What the is? Cast, what yeah. does? Uh, I don't know. Somebody just made that up. That's what they're saying. They picked April eighth. the The Broadway musical is uh, in development, though. Yeah. Do you think Duncan Sheik will be involved? I could only hope so. He kind of <laughs> looks like a Lucas. <laughs> I could No, he'll him. he'll just do the he'll just do the the score. I want him to play Lucas though. I want to see him gambling in. He is too old to play Lucas. How old is Duncan Sheik? He's like in his forties, if not older. He is forty eight. That could actually play Joe. He, he could, could play, play Joe. Yeah. yeah, he could play Joe. This could come full circle for me. I need this. <laughs> Duncan <laughs> Sheik is Joe. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I could. Tell, I would like that actually very much. Oh, um, I also read that uh, Toby Maguire was uh, supposed to be in the movie as a different character, but they cut his scenes out, and or he dropped out of the movie to go back to LA because he had a hard time being out there or something like that in Delaware. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the parts of it were filmed in North Carolina, from what I saw. Yeah, they, they filmed it. They filmed there. it in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I didn't re- I didn't know who it was, but when Mark kisses the mural early in the movie, that was actually Gloria Estefan. I had no idea who that was. Yeah. It's a terrible mural. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just looks like somebody. Like, and I don't think, I mean, I, I did know that and I, I did read that. And I think going back, I still won't be able to tell that it's her and I'll still forget that. I like guess it's, it's not a good mural. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, Warren does get a, uh, arrested and then he is released. Um, this must be the smallest town in Delaware. Um, <laughs> Or just the, 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 the boys being boys um, excuse or, or something. I don't know how he gets out of how he um, is able to go home long enough to go get a gun. And, you know, I guess he just grabbed whatever bullets he could find. And um, and who has blanks laying around? Yeah. Like that's yeah. not just a common thing that's in your house. Uh, yeah. So he just had 
blanks and whatever. So he's able to come back to the store and I don't know. That was just a, that was just a really awkward scene. Um, and it was all because he just wants to work in a record store. Which is the dumbest reason to rob it, but that, hey. Yeah, yeah, that is really dumb. He just wants to be loved. <laughs> I see here that Angelina Jolie almost got the part of Deb. Yeah, I saw something about that too. I, I, I can't tell if I would have liked that or not. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Deb's also one of those characters that I could have just done without completely because like, I don't feel like there was like three characters. It was like her, uh, Burko, and uh, Mike's friend, Eddie. Like Those three people could have not been in the movie, and it still would have been the same movie. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I could kind of see. I could see that. Um, I feel like this is also a movie that maybe like, I feel like James Vanderbeek should have been in here somewhere. Yeah. Like he probably would have yeah. played AJ or something. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yes, Katie Holmes as Corey, and uh, that would have been a prequel to Dawson's Creek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but well, it would have to. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I'm trying to like recast it in my mind with people who are relevant now. Like if they were just to, like if they were to do a remake now, who would play who? I think Ariana Grande would be in here somewhere. Maybe she's Corey. Yeah. Or Gina. I think she has to sleep with Rex Manning or whoever is the hot star. Because of the you know her penchant for short skirts, I mm-hmm. would say Gina. Yeah. But if we're trying to protect her innocence quote-unquote innocence as how young girls may see her, mm-hmm. then, yes, yeah, she would play Corey. Yeah. Because, yes, um, um, Gina definitely had the short skirts. Like, holy crap, they were very short. And it, it, it would be, if she was old enough, Millie Bobby Brown as Deb. If you ask Drake, she is. <laughs> so Aubrey Plaza could be a good Deb. Who? Aubrey Plaza, just somebody who's stone-faced. Uh... I I do think so. I do think so. But Millie Bobby Brown's already got the hair done, so yeah. So who plays who plays Joe though? Scott Stapp. No, <laughs> <laughs> he needs the work. It all comes back to Stapp. It'll probably it's, it'll probably be someone like um, I don't know Paul Rudd or Seth Rogen. It'll be one of those. I one of those Seth. guys. I think Seth. I yeah. could see. I could see Paul Rudd before Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen's too. Not, he's not serious enough. Or if he if he didn't seem like he was perpetually twenty two years old looking, um, James Franco. No, oh, okay. no, the dude from um, Jay Baruchel or Baruchel. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He yeah he stays looking like a little kid. Him and mom, uh, Sarah, uh, Michael Sarah. Yeah, yeah. That's look. what I was gonna say. Michael Sarah is uh, Lucas. Yeah, yep, I could see that. Deadpan serious, yeah. so funny. Um, yeah, so that that would be who would be Rex Manning though. We need a new Rex Manning if we had a new Rex Manning. Okay, so we got to think. Like Rex Manning was probably he was probably famous back in like what the early eighties. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
we need somebody who was really popular in about the early 2000s early to mid yeah early to mid 2000s scott so, Stapp. i don't know pop singer or i don't know you could get um it had to be someone really popular though i was because i was gonna say john resnick but patrick oh oh yeah some yeah someone from a boy band yeah joey fatone joey fatone joey fat one yeah i could totally see joey fatone i could i I I know it's i know it's not it's not a music film but it would just be funny to talk about the movie on the line oh oh that's what you do when you aren't told no. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you can do it, whatever. Oh, God, that movie. There's <laughs> a movie to where, uh, like, yeah, we're gonna cast in sync, but uh, not the not the faces that you care about, not the one that the members <laughs> of the group you care about. This got a four point one rating on um, out of ten stars. That came out in two thousand one. Ugh, Lance Bass and Joy Fatone. They had Emmanuel, Emmanuel Shakiri. So, Richie Sambora. Yeah, I say Emmanuel Lewis. I was like, oh. <laughs> Richie Sambora was in <laughs> here. Al Green. There. Oh man. The the movie is terrible. Yeah. It's. It. I don't want to get too far into it, it but it just doesn't make sense, um, on every level. Yeah. There's a lot missing. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe they'll do it on an episode of How Did This Get Made? They did already. Oh, they did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm listening to it. I'm going to go find <laughs> it. <laughs> they, did that, they did that already. Because <laughs> um, they had um, the dude from, uh, what's his name? Ike Barinholtz. Uh-huh. He's oh, in the new yeah. movie, The, what's it called? The Pledge? Hmm. What's the one where they have to sign a contract pledging their. Um, their loyalty to the president or something—it's a comedy that's that's coming out. That's in his the next name. Couple of weeks. I didn't know that was his name. The oath. The oath. That's his. Yeah, name. he's in that. Okay. Um. So. Uh. Well, as as you mentioned, Matt, uh, Jane quit working for Rex, and she comes back to the store for some reason. Um. <laughs> with money <laughs> <laughs> just gives it all away um and apparently because of this shootout there was news coverage and mark uses this as an opportunity to uh announce a concert <laughs> that takes place on the above the on the sign of the store um and they're going to take donations without a food permit or a drink permit, mm-hmm. or exactly. a vendor yeah, permit. They're, they're peddling beer, not checking IDs. Yep. This never happens in uh in real life. Not even back and in the they day. Put, they put together that that concert up there real quick. Like I never saw a PA system for the vocals. But yeah. Like, you know the audio is impeccable. I'll give them that. Yeah. And then like they only played one song. Yeah. <laughs> and even <laughs> scarier, this the stage, if you want to call it that, they're on. No way that holds them. Like someone dies. Something that like night. it was like the Foo Fighters background, like when Color and the Shape came out. They played mm-hmm. on like an MTV thing, and they played 
on an outdoor like ledge like that. It was really cool, and it reminds me of that, mm-hmm. um, which Empire Records did it first. But uh, it was it's very similar to that, and it's like okay, we've got no space to do this, and we're <laughs> gonna do this, and I don't know. It, it, I mean, it, it's it's cool, I guess. Like the idea of it is cool in the movie, but like the execution of it is just like it's it's weird that it all came together so so, so quickly, and then like. You know, she was or uh, Gina. She was talking earlier in the movie, like how she wants to start a band, but she's too afraid to audition, well, mm-hmm. or she wants to be in a band but too afraid to audition. Like, hey, start your own first off. But like, she gets up there with no problem. She sings to begin with no problem, and then she gets nervous. Yeah, then she get you take the lead, which she'd already been singing by herself. I know, <laughs> and she like. <laughs> it's like, like now you're now nervous. Right. Yeah. Like this is the same chick that came out in the um, Music Town smock with nothing under it. Exactly. Now you're nervous. You can do that. Yeah. You, can't do this. you just screwed Rex Manning on a copy machine. <laughs> Man, like if she would have served us lunch and it's like zip, she'd be like, "All right, let's." <laughs> it's like it's dinner time. Like she, <laughs> <laughs> she was definitely the more experienced of the two. Corey was the, you know, saving herself for Rex Manning. But you gotta like Gina's dance moves though. The the hand flick, like I've got, I've got icky stuff on my hands and I need to get it off. Oh, when she's that singing, kind of yeah, yeah, that was very funny. Uh, sugar high, gotta feel it when I need it. Sugar high. <laughs> I I I love. I'm not gonna lie. The first time I saw the movie, I loved the song. And now as I'm older. Um, I didn't believe it was Renee Zellweger singing. Apparently it was, but like I just mm-hmm. like it's just not as good of a song to me anymore. Like the guy who his voice is kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, because he talks a lot of it too. Yeah. Like he sounds like your stereotypical like punk rocker wannabe, indie rocker wannabe. That's kind of annoying. I'm looking at it right now and yeah. No way this happens for real. That thing falls. And Apparently, his career never kind of took off in Canada. They, I guess he tried to make a go of it, but never really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, one thing we can do is uh, look at it some uh, some reviews. Ah, oh, yes, of course. Some reviews. So <laughs> uh, I'm going. I'm looking at IMDb. Uh, it has a six point seven out of ten, and there are two hundred and seventy five reviews for it. That's it. I gotta find the one. I want to find the the person who gave it a so one. Someone who gave it a one. It's like this movie was not realistic. <laughs> I'll look at uh, uh, some of the the tens here. Oh um, yeah. Uh, so it says perfect. Well, not quite perfect. And it says for me, Empire Records is a very conflicting movie. On the one hand, it's hysterically funny. I don't know about that. Uh, on the other hand, it attempts to make great revelations about America's youth. Somehow, though, it all works. Sure, there are some sappy, predictable parts that you're not sure whether to laugh or cry at. Are there parts you would cry? Okay. Uh, but the timing of these scenes is fantastic. One thing that really struck me about this film is the amazing use of music. Certain songs can be heard repeatedly throughout the movie, which really help to distinguish parallel storylines. All in all, I think it's great. Um, Ooh, there's a few one star here. Star- <laughs> oh, man. 
trying to find one of the okay. There's a there's a one star that says worst alternative teen flick ever, and it has like twelve A's in it. Uh, it says this was appalling. Seriously, who wrote and directed this sham of a film? <laughs> Six <laughs> students on a ketamine come down. <laughs> it hangs together. Uh, oh, that's who wrote the film. Six four students on a ketamine come down. It hangs together like a shoddy patchwork quilt. These characters are utterly one-dimensional and unbelievable. It is impossible to care for any of them for even one second. I wanted to pulverize Lucas's smug face until it was just pate in a skull-shaped bowl. <laughs> it makes me sick just thinking back about it to review it. Guar on any screen for a couple of seconds, which is good, but even they are tarnished by this cinematic turd. Whichever cynical film company put together this mockery of alternative teen life should feel ashamed and should probably Ew. be taken outside and shot. Wow. Okay. It's just a movie. Yeah, a little extreme. Just a movie. <laughs> um, see if we could find another uh, one star. Okay. There's a couple right under that one, actually. Um, if you're looking for plot serviceable acting continuity and general viewing satisfaction you would be better off renting a copy of the garbage pail kids movie oh poor anthony lapalia he is a fine actor and does not deserve to have any affiliation to this crap the only explanation is that he agreed to star in this film to pay off drug and or gambling debts Damn. either that or the producers have uh have some seriously compromising pictures of him <laughs> everybody involved in the making of empire records should spend the rest of their careers writing apology letters to every sucker <laughs> of which i am one who had the misfortune of viewing such amateurish tripe to anyone who actually enjoyed this film i pity you seriously so dramatic Mm. See, like the thing is, I, I don't disagree with a lot of these one star reviews, but like it somehow has redeeming qualities, and I can't always put my finger on them. But like, I don't know, it's still watchable to me. Like maybe not like over and over and over again, but I don't know. If I were to put like a like if you were to rate it on IMDb, what would you rate it? Hmm. Um, I'd give it a five. Yeah, I can see that. I think I'm there. Four and a half, four between yeah. four and a half and five and a half. Yeah, I'd say I'd say five. Five good. Because it's like I like even on like a couple of these other sites, like the the audience reviews or you know user reviews are a lot higher than the critic reviews. So it's like it's one of those movies that somehow found a home with people. And like I don't know, there's people out there who this is their favorite movie. I don't know who that is, and I feel bad for the rest of the movies. But like, yeah, that's weird. I don't know. It, it's it's one of those that like I don't. When I watch it, I don't see how it became such a cult classic, other than the fact that all of its cast members, like the core people, went on to do bigger things, mm -hmm. and you know maybe that's what makes it a cult classic. I don't. I don't yeah, see them when they weren't ways. much. Because <laughs> this is one of Liv Tyler's first movies, right? I don't know what her first was, but yeah, it was. It had to be one of the first. I mean, she didn't. She didn't start acting like incredibly early. I mean, this was a year before that thing you do. Yeah. Um, I know Ethan Embry. I mean, 
He had a couple around this time. I know this wasn't his first. He was in Dutch. That was the only movie. Vegas Vacation came before this, right? After. After? Yeah. Nick Papa Giorgio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently everyone had a crush on Liv Tyler in that movie. Oh, so she did quite a bit before. Um, that thing you do was oh, okay. Never mind. This this in all right. This is in order. Um, Empire Records. So she did a movie called Heavy. So never mind. She did not do a lot because there's another movie called Silent Fall in 1994. And then everything else is just um, is just the music video she did with her father. Yeah. Uh, I have one more one star review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says this noxious fecal. Rancid excuse for a film had me terribly disgusted throughout. The plot feels much like something out of a poor NBC sitcom. In fact, NBC might have done a better job with it. The cast was totally stereotypical and unexciting. The idea was formulaic. What formula? Hmm. What formula of a movie? But anyway. And I felt cheated out of my time and money by seeing this movie. This review was written in 1999. So, um, <laughs> wow, they really—they were really feeling. <laughs> um, so they, someone was definitely feeling uh, some type of way with that. Um, any other final thoughts about the film Empire Records? Uh, uh, a period piece, as Ben had said, that this is. Was it Damn the Man, Save the Empire? Well, it's a period piece now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's what, like, why you can go back and watch it now because it's very representative of the time. Um, I mean, they they're they're stretching a lot of things, of course, like you know, overgeneralizing things because, you know, you gotta sum up an entire day and find a way to make it exciting. I mean, like in 90 minutes. Yeah. And I think, you know, movies like the breakfast club did it better, you know, like where you've got, you know, people in a room and then you learn about these people and they all do stuff like do something together. And then they all kind of come together at the end. Like that's the way you do that kind of movie. But like a movie like this, when you have like so much going on, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, I would be interested to see that cut you were talking about that's extended and if that helps kind of flesh out some of the other things or if it's still just as kind of choppy. But I mean, like it's still got its redeeming qualities and it's one of, it's one of those conflicting movies that like you watch it and you find something ridiculous about it every single time, but then you still keep watching it. It's like saved by the bell. Like you watch it now as an adult and you're like, none of this would ever happen, but Mm -hmm. like it's so rewatchable. For me, at least, like it's it's one of those things that's just kind of special. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that is a that brings up a I can segue to an announcement okay. I wanted to make for people who may not have seen anything I posted on Facebook. <laughs> uh, I will be starting a new podcast uh, called Save by the Podcast, in which we break down episodes of Saved by the Bell one by one (laughs) and watching it with our 2018 minds and uh, just discussing how uh, it this stuff probably doesn't hold up but that's okay it's 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 nostalgic and it'll be fun 
Uh, that should be coming um, in early November, so look out for that. Nice. Uh, I I think Ben did not watch Say by the Bell, so uh-uh. I don't know if he'll be participating in this. I'll listen, but yeah, I didn't watch the show. <laughs> yeah, I would say don't watch it now because you'll just be like, why am I doing <laughs> if you yeah if you haven't watched it before it'll be hard to watch now okay <laughs> um but yeah so guys look out for that um so yeah we'll get to my uh earworm of the week um listening to a lot of stuff from the um 70s and 80s and um this is another song uh, featuring um, Lewis Johnson ah, on the bass. the great Lewis Johnson. Uh, this is an instrumental song that came up in my Discover Weekly. Uh, it's called uh, Smiling On You by the Brothers Johnson. Uh, also featuring um, Greg, is it Philingains or Philogens? I'm not sure. Keyboardist. Mm. Um, and Jerry Hay on the trumpet. And uh, it sounds like something I would have heard on the Weather Channel. <laughs> nice. That means I'm probably going to like it then. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I, I enjoy this, um, this little ditty. So this is Smiling on You by the Brothers Johnson, and we'll be right back. by the Brothers Johnson from their album Light Up the Night. And uh, you can find that on our BTTYHT Earworms playlist. 
Uh, well, shortly. I haven't added it yet. <laughs> but it will be there. And you can listen to all our other earworms as well. All right. So that will bring us to the end of our program. Um, Matt, we always say that if you want to be found, you can tell people where you want to be found. Um, so yeah. any social media you want to give is entirely up to you. Sure. Um, let's see. Twitter is at Matt Bannister, and that's the exact same for Instagram. Uh, Facebook, I'm not on there often enough, so it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and Ben, where can we be found? Well, TV audience, if you're watching us on TV, um, split screen, which is, you know, different. But, <laughs> but if you're watching us, you found our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. You can check us out at also at by the time you hear this dot com. I don't need to say the www. You should know it by now. You should just get that. Um, you can check us out there. You can also check us out on Instagram at by the time you hear this and email us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com. Now, the website, as well as our Facebook page, is spelled with the word U, Y-O-U. Our IG, that's the gram, Instagram, and our email address is spelled with the letter U, and that is because... We're urban. Indeed we are. Indeed we are. And also remind you to get out there and be urban and vote. I don't know we have to be urban and vote, but just vote. Just vote. Don't, don't well, they, they might be trying to keep you from voting yeah. if you are urban. <laughs> well, who... Whoever you want to vote for, I don't care. Just get out there and vote. Willie Nelson just put out a song called Vote Him Out. <laughs> um, is Yeah, he's like, if you don't like who's in office, vote him out. Like, that's the first line. <laughs> and it, I mean, true it's words, true. True words have never been spoken by <laughs> it's one. It's definitely true. Mr. Willie Nelson. I hope he's playing with Beto O'Rourke out there in Texas. That would be cool if he is. Yeah. Um, but I digress. So if you want to hear us um, on the go, which most people listen to podcasts on the go or at work while you're just, you know, chilling, trying to avoid Bill Lumberg, or if you're like <laughs> me and you're playing 2K, that's all I listen to when I'm playing 2K because um, typically like a weekend, I'm sick of the soundtrack. Like it's mm. just because especially since it's a bunch of songs I've already heard. I, I yeah. do. The, I do the same thing. So I just um, yeah, turn it off. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, if you're playing the new 2K, yeah, enjoy. Um, you can hear us on Podomatic. You can hear us on iTunes. You can hear us on Google Music. That's the triangle, the orange triangle. You can hear us on Castbox, Overcast, Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, Listen Notes. Um, really, any of those podcast aggregate apps or websites. Check us out. Yes, books. Yes, indeed. Check us out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to end the program, uh, with the iconic scene, uh, the iconic <laughs> performance of Sugar High by Renell Zellweger and Liv Tyler's then stepfather. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we're going to end it with that. And thank you very much for everyone listening or watching. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace. They all said life just a bowl of cherries, but sometimes it seems like anything. Hey, hey, hey.
Store? I do. 